What I don't see a lot of people doing is saying, okay, you know what, let me actually think, how do I want to feel on the inside and then work out from that and the reverse engineer, okay, what's going to be necessary in order for me to get that feeling? It could be pride. It could be fulfillment. It could be peace. It could be happiness. But instead of saying, what do I want? Say, how do I want to feel? Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast, how to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Is what you think you want what you actually want? So today what we're going to be talking about is the whole subject of clarity. It's a big word that got thrown around a lot. And what we're going to uncover today is how you can achieve a better sense of clarity on is what you're going after in life, what will really make you happy, fulfilled, proud, and so on. Or is this a shiny object that's actually going to distract you and not lead you to that pot of gold, so to speak. Now, with that said, welcome, Dr. Emil. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm very, very good. And this is a super important top topic because if you don't know where you're going, then there's no benchmark for the actions that you take each day. And likewise, if you're going in the wrong direction, then those actions are inevitably suboptimal. So yeah. looking forward to this one. I think that's, I think it's all true on an external level and beyond that, on top of that, also on an internal level, I think it creates a lot of angst to not have clarity on what am I actually trying to do? There's this feeling of, I feel lost. I feel unsure. I procrastinate. It's, it's all these things that happen because you're not actually sure what you want. And I think beyond the fact that externally, yes, you will of course get poor results because you don't know where you're going yeah. internally. It's, it's an unpleasant sensation. And that sensation may exist even if you have a beautifully drawn goals sheets for three months, 12 months, three years, five yeah. years, 25 years, because you know, as you said, initially, that might not actually be what you want. You might have just done an exercise in one of these random books that you've read because you think you should. Yeah. Okay. So th this is awesome because it leads me right into the first point I wanted to make. So I think most people go about getting clarity on what they want from a wrong perspective. They go about it from an outside in perspective instead of from an inside out. And here's what I mean by that. Most people say that they want certain things. They want to accomplish this. They even want to have this kind of relationship. They want this business, this relationship, this kind of health, whatever it may be. The reality is that they think they want these things because they will lead them to feeling a certain way. And that feeling is what they're actually after. And what I don't see a lot of people doing is saying, okay, you know what, let me actually think, how do I want to feel on the inside and then work out from that? And the reverse engineer, okay, what's going to be necessary in order for me to get that feeling? It could be pride. It could be fulfillment. It could be peace. It could be happiness, whatever it may be. But instead of saying, what do I want? Say, how do I want to feel? And then from that, figure out, okay, what actually needs to happen for me to be able to feel that way? And that's different for everybody. I think that's the first crucial mistake I see people doing because they're just going about things that they hope will somehow make them happy, but they've never really gone through the process of asking, how do I actually want to feel? And will this do that? So they're starting from the outside in instead of from the inside out. Sorry, go ahead. And, and will this do that is a very good question because often our external goals end up being heavily, heavily influenced by society and what is validated for, which means that they can be someone else's goals, whether it's parental or social media or society at large, whatever you want to say. 
Yeah. So we're going to get into that as well because I have a, I have a couple a couple of interesting workarounds for that. So let me just let me just drop in a book here. There's Wanting uh, by Luke Burgess, which talks about mimetic desire, which is how what you actually desire comes from the people you hang out with, people around you, and it's just a very interesting take on this whole. So thing. let's shelf this for about two minutes because that's actually what I want to get into. That's right. right let's go. <laughs> All right. So first off, per clarity, I think it's a really big term. I like to break it down into two things. They're still pretty, pretty big, but just to make it a bit more tangible, there's what do you want out of life? And then what do you need to focus on for the next six months, the next season of your life? So you have clarity on the high level and what do you want? And then on a more tangible level, okay, what do I need to focus on for the next six months to give myself as best of a shot as possible to build up towards that? And because I think a lot of people, some people do have a big vision of what they want in life, but they don't really recognize what they need to be doing day to day in order to make that happen. And some people are just focused on what's in front of them right now and not thinking where it leads to. And by doing these two things, it puts it together. And it's very, again, it's very pragmatic, which is the goal of pretty much everything I try to, how I try to operate. So that's the first thing. You got to figure out what you want out of life. And then you got to distill that down. Okay, for the next six months, what I need to focus on. And we're going to talk about this as well. So with that said, before we talk about the mimetic desire and all that kind of stuff, I want to talk about two common mistakes I see people make when they're going about this. The first thing is anchoring what you want for your future because of your past. The people that I've seen really be able to explode out and have this amazing life are the ones that aren't really connected to saying to themselves, well, this is where I came from, so this is what I'm allowed to do, but this is what I'm, it's possible for me to have. And this isn't just on an external level, like, oh, I came from a relatively poor family and I can go to a wealthy family. But it's also, I saw an example of parents that had bad relationship. So if I just have an okay one, that's amazing. The people that can break free from that say, you know what, I actually want to have a really fulfilling relationship, a loving relationship. I want to feel loved. I want to feel cared for. I want to feel appreciated. Those are the people that you can break free from that. Those are people that have amazing success. That's one. Not anchoring what you want from your future because of your past. Two is limiting yourself and like what you want to what you believe you're currently capable of. You of right now is not going to create the future for yourself. That's you of the future. And it's a weird thing, but we got to recognize that. Even if you not, if you're not capable of doing something, it doesn't mean the future you won't. And that's a big thing. People sometimes say, okay, this is what I think I'm capable of. So this should be my goal. But what you're actually capable of right now is irrelevant. We can grow, we adapt, we evolve. So I think these are two things that are really important to have front of mind when you're going through this kind of exercise. To recognize that you're naturally going to be pulled to say, okay, well, this is what I know. So this is what's possible for me as far as anchoring your past or your future. And also you're thinking in the terms of what could you right now achieve and have? Like the reality is you might just need to evolve and change. And that's perfectly fine because we're humans and we're capable of doing that. Yeah. And both of those are heavily influenced by your environment and people yeah. around you. Yeah. All right. So with that said, let's go back to the mimetic desire. So that's a big one. Uh, I get asked that a lot. How do I uh, avoid mimetic desire? Mimetic desire is usually a more visible thing. It's an external thing. I've seen it less so with people trying to imitate how they want to feel. 
You know what I mean? Like, for example, people want to imitate, oh, I can pose next to a Lamborghini. That's really, really popular. What's less so popular is, oh, I want to feel really fulfilled. I want to feel at peace. Now, yes, there is obviously a trend there, but it's a lot less. We're a lot more susceptible to trying to imitate things that are very visible. It's called like man-made things, certain accomplishments, things we can brag about. Go for it. Yes, for sure. And, you know, social media and, and circles who you, who you hang out with help with that. There is a case to be said of, and the other thing is that the feelings are much less flashy. They're much less exciting. So it's, it's less, you're, you're less likely yeah. to gravitate towards them, but that doesn't mean that you can't create an environment of mimetic desire to how you want to feel. Yes, you can. And again, I agree with you. It's not a hundred percent thing. Yeah. That's one thing. I'm just kind of, we're kind of pulling the thread a little bit. So that's the first thing. The big question that I found that really helps me myself when I think about these goals and I'm saying, is this for mimetic desire? Is this to prove something, whatever, or is it actually for me is to ask myself if nobody knew that you succeeded and you weren't able to announce it to anybody. Would you still want? That's a big one. If you couldn't announce it to anybody, you couldn't even tell on Instagram how woke you are with your spirituality and how calm you are and how peaceful you couldn't announce that even. It was just for you, only for you. Would you still want it? I love that as a litmus test. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, because it sheds, it goes right to the truth of things. Because you can say, actually, I, I want to impress some people with that. Or I want to do that because I think that'll gain me status and that'll make me feel good about myself, whatever it may be. And the moment you recognize and ask yourself, would I be able to do this? Would I want to do this? If I wasn't able to announce it to anybody, no one would ever know. Hmm. It hits a bit differently. I will just add to that to say that I don't think you can escape or avoid mimetic desire. So what you can do is try to influence the people that you gain it from. For example, if you're constantly on Instagram looking at supercars and live in a place where all your friends have supercars, then you'll want a supercar. No shit. Yeah. And if you realize that that isn't actually what you want, because for example, if you couldn't post about it, you wouldn't want it, then starting to change that environment that you're in is is honestly much more effective and realistic than saying, yeah, I'll live in this environment. I just won't want these things. It's, I think from the, from what I remember of the book and correct me if I'm wrong, but mimetic desire is just how we are built. See, so, so I didn't read the book. It's a concept that, that I've heard of. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think what you're saying is absolutely true. It's basically just don't make your life difficult. <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about addition by subtractions. You remove yourself from an environment yeah. that makes life difficult for you. It's just that. So your, your environment, um, heavily, heavily influences you and yep. the outcomes and the magic is that you can influence your environment. So you create the environment to create the outcomes that you want to allow yourself to be influenced to the outcome that you want. Yeah. Uh, the way I've heard that I really like is that the environment strongly affects the brain, but the smart brain can actually choose its environment. Yeah. That's really the way to go around it. Yeah, so that's great. So like we said, first off, would you really want it if you couldn't announce it? 
And like Emil was saying, also, if you're in an environment where this is an uphill battle, change that environment. Make it easy for yourself. Don't make it difficult, at least. So now we go on to the whole, okay, let's start working this out. Let's start workshopping it out. And let's first figure out how do you want to feel about life, about yourself, about the kind of life that you live, the kind of person that you were. And really take the time to flush that out. What are the big things that are important for me? For some people, I want to feel heard. I want to feel connected. For some people, I want to feel proud and accomplished. Some people, I want to feel authentic. Because that's my main challenge. That's really what I want. Some people, I want to feel content, at peace. Some people, I just want to feel really happy. I want to enjoy it. I think that's the first step, really figuring out and flushing that out. How do you want to feel? Because once you can do that, we start reverse engineering and saying, okay, what needs to happen in order for this to be a reality? So any questions about that part? One thought, which I don't, I don't want to take this whole thing off on a different mission, but do you think that we ultimately all want to feel the same way? And we just, it's difference in wording that makes us think that it's different. For example, is it peace and contentedness that we all want? I mean, some people will call it happiness. Some people will call it fulfillment, self-actualization. But is it that feeling that we all ultimately want? I think, and this is not a an extremely well thought out answer. It's not a strong belief I hold. Um, I think we all want a certain array. Let's say that there's 12, 15 feelings, whatever you want to say that we all want. And for some of us, there's some of those that are more lacking. They're the bigger constraints. For some people, it's a sense of accomplishment. For some people, it's a sense of peace. For some people, it's a sense of authenticity because they weren't able to be authentic because they have so much issues around that. And that's why some people are saying, you know what? I already have so much of this stuff in place that this is the thing I really want because it's what's missing. So in subconsciously, they want all the 12 or 15 feelings, whatever you want to call it. We all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. But some people will gravitate towards more one thing or the other because that's what's missing for them to really live this complete life, so to speak. Does that make sense? It does. I'll just add one more angle and then we can perhaps leave it because it's it's something that we can maybe think about. But I think to a degree, there's a level of uh, Maslow's hierarchy or something similar yeah. to that, that you need to kind of fill up the lower gaps to get to the top gap. And also, again, it's semantic. So what you talk about authenticity, that might be the, the path to get to peace because you're not living your authentic self. So that the end goal is the same. The peak of, again, Maslow's hierarchy is just one idea of how it might look. But there's different routes to get there. So you're basically identifying, as you say, what the restraint is to get to that ultimate level. I mean, I like this because it just tidies up this whole loose concept, but yeah, the, it doesn't yeah. change what needs to happen essentially. Yeah, that's great. Cool. All right, so we figure out how do you want to feel? Then after that, we got to ask, okay, what do you want? What do you want in order for that to be a reality? Out of family, out of business, out of personal, the self-realization, things that you can say, I'm proud I did. And also fun of enjoyment. Things you can say, I'm happy I did. And finally, legacy, if that means anything to you. And then you can start figuring out, okay, if these are the things I want to feel, what needs to happen, what, what needs to happen on this different, on these different fields? Maybe if I get something to say here, Ryan. I, I've been thinking about this a lot and journaling about this a lot. Uh, the other alongside exactly what you've just said, you know, family and, and enjoyment and, and whatever else. 
uh, one way to look at it is how you want to feel is to get to the end of your days and not have any regrets and then to reverse engineer what would a life of no regrets look like and then plan out how that might look, what things you need to do at different stages to achieve that. It's interesting because I do it. The next step we're going to talk about is regret. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I feel first people need to figure out how they want to feel and then what's going to make that happen, but then also create certain guardrails to make sure that they don't fall off and go too much into one extreme. For example, somebody going, we talk about business law. It's very easy to get sucked into it because it's extremely tangible. You can see, oh, more numbers, more success, more dopamine, whatever it may be, yay. And people can then end up of regretting that they missed out on a lot of things with family, and with personal relationships, and fun, and so on and so on. So I think it's first about figuring out how you feel and then asking, okay, what do I want in the different areas of life that'll give me that feeling? But then what's also my safety guard, my guardrail, so to speak, things that I don't want to regret to make sure that even while I'm pursuing all these things, I don't miss out on the main thing. Yeah, this is, that's exactly it. And, and realizing that at different ages and stages of life, different things will be more or less accessible. E.g. Yeah. backpacking around Europe in your seventies is less of a, thing perhaps so maybe do it earlier rather than be hustling in your 20s 30s and 40s maybe yeah yeah that's such a good point because that for me is also something i constantly have to remind myself because i've done this because i've also asked myself what do i not want to regret you know like what's the point of building tremendous wealth if i'm not seeing Aton on a day-to-day -day basis and seeing how he grows and evolves he's my son seeing how he grows and evolves like is that really worth it and we're going to be happy about that when I'm 70 and I'm looking back that, oh, I have a couple more zeros in the bank account, but I missed out on his, on this phase of his life. And I think recognizing these things that you don't want to regret, it also makes sure that again, you don't just get distracted by things. You're actually able to think about the big picture. Yeah. There's a book, Die With Zero, talks about this concept. If you die with a million, 10 million in the bank, then not only have you wasted 10 million, but you've wasted the hours it took to earn 10 million in your twenties mm. and thirties. And for me, yeah. that, 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 cut me. Me, that cut me deep. Cause I was like, wow. Cause it's not a 10 yeah. million in the bank. I don't care if I die with that, but that time in my twenties and thirties, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, honestly, the having kid was the ultimate one. Cause the, the, a saying I read that says that every night your kid dies. Because it is the next man. It's like the next morning they're a different person, and it's amazing. Like I'll just go sometimes. I'm I'm very privileged that I get to work from home. Like the home office is right next to the house, and I sometimes go in the middle of the day after he's taken his nap. I'm like, dude, did you get bigger while you nap for two hours? It's they grow at such a crazy rate, and it's it's such a thing. It it, it just smacks you with reality in your face seeing a little kid grow up. Because you recognize that if I just go do this and I miss this part out, I've missed that part. It's done. It's not there anymore. So for me, that's that's been the biggest. Uh, it, it makes that very clear. It makes it very easy to see that. Yeah, I reverse engineer this whole exercise, and and again, that book goes into life buckets. So at different stages of your life, you have different things you want to achieve, um, according to age, according to wealth, according to time, freedom, 
And I, I literally mm. went backwards and went through everything. That's great, man. I need to read it too, honestly. Yeah. Cool. So we got that. We looked at the really high level of what do you want? What do you want out of life? How do you want to feel? What do you want? And what do you need to make sure you don't regret? So while that's really big and lofty, we also got to boil it down to something pragmatic and actionable. So this is where you got to figure out, okay, if this is what I want, what should be my North Star? How should I be thinking about this next six months, this next season in my life in order to give myself, again, a great chance at achieving that, accomplishing that? And you have to figure out basically a standard to hold yourself to. And this is where it differs. Most people think this clarity is something aspirational. It's like, no, this is a standard. You say, if this is what I want, this is the floor. This is not the ceiling that I aspire to. This is the floor. This is the bottom line. This, I'm going to hold myself to this kind of standard of behavior. Because if I do that, it'll give me everything that I want. That will enable me to feel what I want to feel. And this kind of standard that you're setting is supposed to affect your behavior, your thoughts, your boundaries, and the actions you take on a very practical level. Is this making sense so far? Yeah. And, and the extra practical part is super important. Yeah. And it has to put you on the hook. Like this standard, it has to put you on the hook. It can't just be something aspirational that, oh, I want to live my best life. It has to be something where you're like, oh, okay, oof. when I'm facing a difficult decision, I don't know what to do. If I remember myself, this is the same that I said to hold myself to. I'm going to make that decision. It's going to actually serve me in the long run. Now, I don't want to get too much into this because I don't want to create any confusion about this. But for some people, it's quotes. They have a certain quote that rings true to them. They're like, oh, this is my standard. And somebody else will not understand it, but it'll make complete sense to them and it'll hold them on the hook. For Remember Scott? We had a Scott on the episode. For his, the big one was, I'm better than that. For some people, it's live every day with full integrity. For some people, it's even slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Just to remind them, it's actually, I need to slow down and do things the right way. For some, it's effortless flow. Effortless flow, exactly. Uh, Bill got a new tattoo, by the way. That's why he's showing it off. <laughs> um, for some people, it's easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life. That simple one that we all know. Who dares wins, don't ask, don't get. All that kind of jazz. And for some people, finally, it's just kind of prompt. Some people think a lot more linearly, and these quotes don't resonate with them. And they have these very clear duck, 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 duck. You think of these kind of like fill the blank ways. For example, I'm going to read some examples from Arena alumni. Some of them wrote, I want to achieve my full potential as a human being because that will allow me to enjoy my old age and not look back at any regret. In order to do that, I must put myself out there. So someone who was an introvert knew that's what was denying him his success and the fulfillment and pride that he wanted. For other people, I want to achieve my full potential as a human being and realize the full graft of my intellectual gifts. In order to do so, I must overcome my self-beliefs and false limitations because only then I'll achieve true personal power. And you can see with this kind of stuff, it puts them on the hook. They know what they should be doing. It all of a sudden boils down for something very aspirational and very kind of woo-woo feeling a little bit more soft, something very clear and tangible. Hey, man, if this is really what you want for your life, this is how you got to conduct yourself. This is a standard you got to hold yourself to. Not what you got to aspire to, but the standard, the bare minimum, you got to hold yourself to. And I think when people do that, after six months, they start embodying these things. And then they say, okay, now I'm at a higher vantage point. I've accomplished more. I'm a higher hill in life, so to speak. Now, if this is still what I want at the end of the day, what's the next standard? 
What's the next standard? And slowly kind of you build, you build and you build and you build. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're smiling. Sure. No, I I mean, like I, I joke about my, my new tattoo, but that is literally what happened. I used effortless flow as this word, which means different things to different people and won't work for everyone as my yeah. core concept. And we've spoken about this before, but for me, it was about hustling less and having more fun. And then the pinnacle of that was at the end of this year, I decided to go to Guatemala for New Year's and stay there. And that for me was me flowing, whereas there was so much resistance with that because it wasn't going to be optimal and I wouldn't be able to work. And I was like, yeah, yeah but what is the point in life? And so, go on. sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. This is a great point because what I keep saying with this stuff, it should poke you. Like that pokes you because it makes you feel comfortable. You're like, oh, I should work, <laughs> but actually, no, I shouldn't. It, it, it makes you make the uncomfortable decisions that you know will actually serve you. Yeah. Because my default decision is to optimize for work and to, you know, make every, or, you know, get everything perfect for this. But that's just because yeah. that's always what I've done in the past rather than what I, will I regret it? Will I regret yeah. it? Yeah. So the, I use kind of a three question filter to help people make sure that they're choosing the right standard. Because again, we can say a lot of things, but are these the things that are actually going to help us be pragmatic and again, be effective? So one, you can think with this thing that I'm actually thinking I'm attached to right now, this standard, this quote, this fill in the blank, whatever it may be, would have I prevented a past, a past failure? If I would have had this in my head, would I have not made the bad decision that I made? That's one. Two, will it prevent the future stumble? Like for yourself right now with this effort of flow, can you think about in the future, you know what? I can see myself being naturally inclined to do this, but if I remember this, it's going to prevent. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Exactly what it exactly. is. Exactly. And then number three is, will it create effective focus? I say, okay, I know I need to focus. I know what to do. I know what's important. I know what's not for this season. Again, maybe not life in general, but for this season, what's important and what's not. And if it takes off all three of those, you got a winner. And finally, again, like it should poke you. It should put you on the hook. It should force you to do things that are not your default, like Emil said. Because that's where you create evolution. You're not just going with it, but actually it forces you to evolve. It puts the truth in your face, like, hey, this is what it is. This is what you got to do. Yeah. Cool. Any last questions or additions you want to put about this? You want to say about this? No, no, no. It's been said. Cool. So I, I do want to add something here that I'm a bit cautious about adding because it's going to be a bit of a curveball. So what will happen a lot of times people will do this and it's super helpful and they do it for a while and then they get to a place where they can work on more of their internal stuff as well. Their fears, doubts, and insecurities and so on. And a lot of times what people recognize is what they think they want isn't what they actually want. It's what they hope will stop them from suffering, from feeling something they don't want to feel. And the most potent way to get real clarity on what you want in life is to both do this kind of exercise and on top of that, also get clear on what your main insecurities are. Because if you can be conscious of what your main insecurities, your main fears, your main, let's call it primal desires are, and you make sure that you're not just optimizing for them. And you can do that through just awareness and ask myself, am I just optimizing because of a fear that I want to do this thing? Or is it because of what I truly want? That's when you get true clarity.
when you marry these two concepts, this getting clear on what you want for life and the standard, and also being hyper aware of what your main insecurities, your fears are, your doubts, all your anxieties, and make sure that you're not just optimizing to not feel these, that's when you really win. Yeah. And, and I wonder if by identifying what you want or the process of identifying what you want will flag and will flag up these, these insecurities. And then by examining the insecurities, you'll have, have more clarity on what you want, which will then absolutely flag up insecurities. So I can say that with a hundred percent certainty yeah. because I've seen so many people go through this process. Like people do this, then they do that. And they're like, yeah. Oh, actually this yeah. was, 70% correct, but actually now that I recognize this stuff was also there, I can see things clear. I see things better. So I hope this podcast episode and clarity of what we medic desire and think about it from a different perspective. Oh, it's not what you want, but it's how you want to feel helped. And if you feel like this was helpful, but you're also not sure what your main insecurities and biases are, first off, there's a lot of podcasts we have on this, but also we have the micro course on the website. It's exactly for that. It's exactly for that to identify what are your main insecurities? What are your belief structures that cause you to feel fear, insecurity, anxiety, stress. So if you can do the two of these together, you can really see a lot of results. And again, that course is obviously free and so on. Aside from that though, um, any last words you want to say about this subject to me? It's the it's important. You need a direction to, to yeah. benchmark all your actions. Yeah. Yeah. You need. Yes. And I'll add to that as well, that you also, it will make you feel better. Having a direction creates calm, like having no sense of breaks of direction is what creates anxiety. So it creates a lot of stress. It's why on an external level, people are, are okay to follow a leader as long as he seems confident and he's going to be like, okay, I'll take you guys here. It'll be all good. And when there isn't a leader, it's just chaos. That's what happens externally in companies, in military, but it's also what happens internally with us. And once we can have a clear sense of where we're trying to go and why we're doing it on a deal and of true conviction, oh, we're doing it because it'll help me feel this way that I really want to feel. That's when we can be bought in and we can have peace of mind that, okay, if I just do these things, even though they're difficult, I know why it'll make sense and I get what I want. So I think on that note, we shall close today's episode. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing-held-back emotional fortitude system in five simple parts, it's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamarmorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way 
to give clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.